Uh, hey, everyone. This is Mike Dunn. I'm Matt Downing. I'm Julie Cook. And I'm Janine Dunn. And you're listening to Rethinking EDU. Thanks so much for tuning in to this amazing episode. I'm sure you're going to love it. We are chatting with Sarah Bertucci. And Sarah is the Director of Professional Development at Eagle Rock School and Professional Development Center up here in lovely Estes Park. Sarah and I are actually sitting probably about like 50 yards away from one another in different buildings. So um, Sarah is my colleague. And uh, we're so glad you could join us, Sarah. How are you feeling today? Great. Thank you. Um, I'm really pleased to be here. It's such an honor. Um, I'm doing great. We have uh, sub-zero temperatures and lots of snow, uh, and it's beautiful out. Yeah, I think it was something like maybe negative eight or negative 10 this morning when I woke up to bring um, Kelly, our dog, out for a walk. And uh, But the snow is lovely and the sun is out. And hopefully we'll get like, you know, up to five or 10 degrees today. Should be should be promising, right? <laughs> <laughs> should listeners listeners are like, what? Mike, how's your dog dealing with the change of weather? Uh, she loves the snow. So she's just happy to be outside. But we do have to put a jacket on her just because okay. it's sub-zero and we're not trying to mess around. And uh, her paws get frozen, so she has to wear boots sometimes, too. Yeah, <laughs> super cute. So, um, Sarah, I'm going to do a little introduction. I'm sure I'll miss something, but the rest will come up in our in our conversation. Um, you, as I mentioned earlier, the Director of Professional Development at Eagle Rock School and Professional Development Center. You've been working in education since the mid-90s, and you've done a ton of different interesting things. You started as a science teacher. You've worked as a program coordinator, a school leader, and a school transformation facilitator, which is super cool. Part of your work at Eagle Rock is your oversight of our teaching fellowship program. Um, in partnership with the National Nonprofit Public Allies, we, Eagle Rock, invite a cohort of fellows to our campus for a year-long immersive teaching and learning experience. And through this process, the fellows can also pursue a Colorado teaching license. Um, and this segment of our podcast, we've been talking specifically about teacher prep programs. And it, um, we want to get some insight into what um, this alternative licensure program, as we call it here at Eagle Rock and what the state of Colorado, I believe, calls it. Um, we want to get uh, some insight into what that looks like, how it functions, and then where it kind of sits in the broader conversation around teacher uh, preparation. Um, before we get too much into that, though, Sarah, we want to give you a chance to talk about you a little bit. And <laughs> you've been at Eagle Rock for a little while now. Uh, we were jokingly saying that you've held potentially more roles than any other staff member on campus here, which is amazing. Um, tell us how you came to Eagle Rock and, uh, you know, give us a brief sketch of what your trajectory has looked like here. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, so I, I first came to Eagle Rock in the summer of 1994, which was the very first summer that Eagle Rock was open. Um, and um, I got the position um, because my university had a summer service program um, and you just apply generally to the program and they place you somewhere in the United States. And I just got super fortunate to get placed at Eagle Rock. Um, I didn't think I was gonna be a teacher, um, and, but by the end of the summer, I was sure I was going to be a teacher. Um, and so uh, I was um, 18 years old, which uh, in the future, I wouldn't recommend hiring an 18 year old, <laughs> um, but it, it was a you know new and pivotal moment uh, um, in me figuring out who I wanted to be as an adult and what I wanted to do. And so, you were this intern in 1994, and then you left, and then you came back, and then you left again, and then you came back. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So that first um, summer internship made me decide I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and so I went through the teacher prep program at my university, and my first teaching job was in um, a public school in the Boston public school system. Uh, and it was a really hard year. Like I wasn't really prepared to do a good job teaching. Um, and so one of the things that I decided was I learned so much when I was at Eagle Rock, I wanted to come back to learn some more. Um, and so I did our year long, um, what's now called the Public Allies Fellowship Program. At that time, it was just an internship program, um, but a year long position as the science um, intern um, teaching here. 
And then I left and worked in a, a number of different schools around the country um, and came back in 2014 as a professional development associate. So working as part of the professional development team. I became the director of curriculum for about a year um, and then came into my current role, which is director of professional development here. That's awesome. And I would say this to be true, and I wonder if you would agree with me, that um, there's something about Eagle Rock that keeps people coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this a little bit in the in the like prep show notes that um, Eagle Rock in the past has been called a sort of progressive school. It's been a leader of the progressive school movement. And we're sort of at a juncture in our trajectory that I think is important to point out for people who continue to come back to Eagle Rock and why it's such a powerful place. And we're sort of moving toward building ourselves as a liberatory school, a place where students and teachers, school leaders, and even visitors can come and really feel the power of of this school experience as a way to sort of catalyze and uh, encourage them to examine whiteness in the world and use a critical lens of um, power and oppression to examine their teaching practice and the existence of schools in general. Can you just talk a little bit about how that liberatory nature of Eagle Rock has kept you returning and kept you uh, like nourished as an, as an educator? Yeah, thanks. That's a really good question. Um, one of the things that has been core to Eagle Rock from its founding is an emphasis on not just academic learning, but personal growth. Um, and we are a learning organization. Um, and so I think um, focusing not just on the mind, but on the body and spirit uh, is something that is contrary to traditional schooling. Um, and which is steeped in white supremacy culture. Um, and, and I wanna be really clear, there are so many people across the country and so many schools, and this has been true historically that are um, disrupting that mm-hmm. in really mm-hmm. powerful ways. Um, so I don't wanna paint a broad brush of schools in any way. Um, but one of the things that I really love about Eagle Rock is that um, we have a commitment to anti-racism and social justice. Um, and that does not mean we have it figured out, um, but it means that we spend significant time and energy working on that, um, whether it's um, personally or in our job roles or as a collective. Um, and that feels important to me um, because that's like ultimately what it means to um, build a just society where everyone has belonging um, and where we're disrupting historic systems of oppression. Um, and it's just, it feels better to be in a community like that. <laughs> um, so I just enjoy it more, even though it can be really messy and hard. Yeah, yeah. We, um interviewed a guest a few episodes back and she talked about the importance of belonging in schools and um, how much, in fact, we just had a conversation about this yesterday, right? Uh, How much and how important it is uh, for us to spend time to make sure that people feel like they truly belong in in their school environment and how learning um, really happens only because of that. Once you feel like you belong, then you feel like you can you can enter into the messy process of learning, which can sometimes, you know, push you out of your comfort zone in really important ways. But if you don't feel like you're supported and belonging there, then that can be really dangerous. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's a well used quote, but I think it's so important that students don't care what you know until they know that you care. Um, if you're going to actually learn something that includes grappling with uncertainty, being vulnerable, questioning some of your deeply held beliefs, um, and you can't do that if you don't feel safe that people 
um, that you're learning with care about you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So important. Um, I'm going to pass the mic over to Matt and I want uh, to kind of dive into the structure of Eagle Rock um, and the professional development center and a little bit about the school's mission and history to give listeners a sense of what we're trying to do here. In addition to all of what we just talked about, have at it, Matt. So, so Eagle Rock is an interesting entity because it's made up of two, right? The school and the professional development center. Um, can you talk about the relationship uh, between both of them, right? The school and the professional development center and how um, you're also trying to create alignment and synergy between those both. Uh, so if you can give us a glimpse into that, that'd be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what I'd say in starting is that we have a mission um, for students um, to be engaged in their education. Um, Our mission statement says that we want students to learn to use their minds well and develop their unique potential. And that mission applies to the students that we have here on this campus. Um, Eagle Rock is a tuition-free residential school. um, And so it's a boarding school, but it's free. Um, And it's for students who weren't being well-served in their um, prior educational environments. Um, And so we have those students here on our campus. um, And then it's our mission and that all schools across the country honor students um, and care for them and our liberatory experience for students. Um, So that's the shared mission of the entire organization. Um, And then, like I said, it plays out both here on our campus in the school-centric way and then through our professional development center, which is more external facing. Um, And um, to give a little historical perspective, um, the initial conception of Eagle Rock with the PDC was a little bit more of a lab school kind of model that Eagle Rock would figure some things out um, and share them with the world. And so we did a lot of hosting visitors and conferences and publications and things like that. We got clear that um, one, we don't have all the answers, (laughs) um, which is a really important thing for all of us to know as educators. Um, And then two, that local context matters a lot. Um, And so it just doesn't make sense to say that practices can be exported from one place to another, though we can learn a lot from other people's experiences. And so um, what we're really working to do right now with the school and the professional development center is to make sure that everybody in the organization shares the mission here on campus and beyond. And by everyone, I don't mean just staff members, I mean, including students. Um, And so one of the things um, that we're really focusing on right now um, in the PDC is uh, student partnership. Um, And so we have a student group called the Student Ambassadors um, and they are partners with us in the work that we do, um, facilitating with us. um, Students do a great job of like assets inventories and asking questions when we observe schools because they see things that adults don't see. Um, And so that student partnership is really important and that's obviously a school integration because the students are part of the school. Um, I would also say that um, one of the things that we're really moving towards um, is that we want to leverage the expertise and experience of all of our staff, not just those of us that are on the professional development center. Um, And so finding ways that um, everyone on staff and as many students who are interested get to facilitate professional development both here on campus and um, with what we're doing externally. Yeah, could you share an example? And then I have a follow-up question. So so the new initiative that we're working on um, that admittedly has gotten interrupted by COVID, um, but we really want to focus on the power of cohorts um, where people are learning together. Um, And so we're starting something called the Changemaker Cohort. Um, And it's purposely called Changemaker because we believe um, regardless of positional role, anybody can be a changemaker in school. Um, And the way that it's going to work is that youth adult pairs um, from across the country will choose a focus area where they need to want to make change in their school or larger educational environment. Um, And then they'll come to Eagle Rock for some training and learning from each other. And then we'll be supported throughout the year to implement whatever changes they want to make. Um, And Eagle Rock 
will have a pair in the cohort. So there's gonna be a student staff pair from Eagle Rock that's part of the cohort. And that just aligns with the idea that we know that we need to learn as well. Um, and we get better as we talk to outside um, students and educators from across the country. That's a really powerful example. Thanks for sharing that and giving a little bit of insight. And I also love that you always include Eagle Rock in that as learners, as coming alongside. It, it shows a, you know, desire to learn more and also humility there that you sort of haven't figured it out yet, which you keep reminding us uh, in this conversation. So I can imagine it's hard enough to run a school and it's hard enough to run a PDC. Why is it so important for Eagle Rock, right, to have a school and a PDC? What about a PDC is so valuable to the learning at the school that you've invested time, resources, energy, year after year after year to sustain it and to make it part of your environment? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, it's a really powerful combination. Um, and I think um, there's benefits all around. So for us as professional development facilitators, um, we have some street cred and we have uh, some connection to reality because we are facilitating things for students here on campus. We are advisors to students here on campus. So we're not getting disconnected from what the daily life of a school or a teacher is. Um, so that's one really important piece. Um, and I'll just say for myself, like it just makes it more fun. Like I don't wanna do educational work that's disconnected from students. Um, so, um, so one, it makes us better as professional development facilitators. Um, two, um, it just emphasizes that we're a learning organization. So the PDC is bringing in, in visitors um, that uh, can share things with the rest of Eagle Rock. So we get better. So as a school, the professional development center helps us get better. And then um, both because we learn from the outside and because we know when we're teaching students that the thing that they learn best is the thing that they teach to other people. Um, and so the presence of visitors who are asking outside questions um, makes us better because it forces us to articulate what we do. It forces us to reflect both as students and staff. Um, and so that's another way that it makes us better. So it's a really powerful energy between the two parts. Well, thank you for that description. I love that uh, that idea of a learning lab, the um, recognizing that like we're all students and we're all teachers basically, and that there's lots to learn from each other and that really bringing people together to be able to collaborate is really what it's all about. I'm wondering if we can kind of um, like transition to talking about the how the, the fellowship fits into all of this, that you have this opportunity for teaching fellowships. I know Mike was a part of that at some point, right? Uh, <laughs> but you know, how does how does the fellowship work? How does it fit into Eagle Rock's mission and its overall relationship with the school? Yeah. Um, so we have a year-long um, fellowship position um, that is through Public Allies, um, which is an AmeriCorps organization. Um, and so we have young professionals who do a year of service here um, at Eagle Rock, um, and they're in various positions. Um, instructional fellows who can go through the teacher licensure program. And then we also have health and wellness fellows and um, fellows that work across the organization in various capacities. Um, and so um, as far as the teaching or the instructional fellows, um, they have an opportunity to gain their Colorado teaching license um, through um, work, being here at Eagle Rock. Um, and so I would say um, one of the key ways that that fits into our mission um, is that we're committed to increasing the pipeline of teachers who have an anti-racist social justice um, commitment, who are committed to centering student voice um, and who reflect the diversity of our schools. Um, and so we're particularly interested in having more BIPOC teachers um, and we emphasize that in our recruitment for our program. Um, as we all know, most teachers in the United States are white women um, and it's important to diversify that. Um, and then uh, the way that the fellowship connects the PDC and the school is that officially all of our fellows are 
placed at Eagle Rock School. Um, and so that's their, like if you were to think of a traditional student teaching placement, Eagle Rock is their student teaching placement. They are young professionals who bring in fresh ideas and fresh perspective. Um, they often are closer in age to the students. And so there's some ways that they relate to students in a, in a way that's really helpful. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so we're helping them to further their career and then they um, better Eagle Rock at the same time. Yeah, that's awesome um, to be able to have a full year experience. And when you mentioned that, that there's, you have kind of a recruitment program built in place to kind of bring people in. Or, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you go about recruiting people for the fellowship program? Yeah, um, I mean, it's a multifaceted process. So we post in lots of different locations um, and, uh, you know, both for people who are already um, in the workforce and for people who are recently graduating from college. Um, so that's one piece of it is the um, postings. Um, we do a lot of networked um, recruitment. And so we ask students and staff to reach out to people that they know. Um, we get a lot of applicants through um, relationships with people at Eagle Rock. Um, and, um, and then also, this is one of the ways that the PDC is helpful um, in that we have connections with schools and organizations across the country. And so we tap into those networks as well. Yeah, that's great. I know uh, we've, we've, <laughs> I don't know, Pennsylvania, we, uh, we, we've tried to uh, bring about this, uh, you know, year-long internships or fellowships. And I, I don't know, there seems to be some roadblocks that, that kind of happen at times. But um, so I love hearing that that's, that is happening out where you're at. Now I'm wondering, um, you know, your own experience in, in a teacher prep program and kind of how how was how was how was teacher prep for you? And then did that experience end up translating or impacting your role here at Eagle Rock? Yeah, great question. Um, I think I had um, one of the better teacher prep experiences compared to many people um, that that go through teacher prep in the United States. Um, so I went to Princeton University and the way that it worked there is that you had a major and then you could also have um, what we called a certificate. It's kind of like a minor in teacher prep. So it wasn't a major. Um, my major was geosciences and then um, I had a teacher prep piece. Um, and it was a really experiential program. Um, and so, when we did our student teaching, which was a semester long placement, um, we had one seminar at night to reflect on it and then a lot of embedded observations and feedback. Um, and so I loved it because we were out doing it and then reflecting on it, which is you know basically the experiential model. You do the thing and then you reflect and learn from it. Um, so I, I really loved the program overall. Um, I would say if I were to look back on it, probably my biggest critique would be that I think that there should have been a bigger emphasis on teacher identity um, and power and oppression and criticality. Um, though I will say that um, the book that I remember most from my teacher prep years was Lisa Delpit's Others, Other People's Children, um, which really impacted me in terms of a white woman with a progressive education background entering into school. So thank you for that. Um, I think we all have our, uh, our stories on, sounds like you had a positive one. I think mine was a mixed bag, um, but I, I fought my way through it. It definitely impacted how I think about teacher preparation programs today when I teach college students. It stays with you. It's a, you know, feet to the fire kind of experience for most. Um, and sometimes as we know, statistically end well within a few years, um, but, so in terms of teacher preparation, maybe you can give us a little window into what it's really like um, at Eagle Rock. Um, what are some of the critical elements? Um, what would a person expect going through that program? Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'd say um, some of the real fundamental pieces of our program is that it's an apprenticeship-based model. Um, so it is an experiential program um, and embedded in an intensive residential community. Um, and so to get a little bit technical, the essential question that we have that overarches our licensure program is how can I be a phenomenal teacher? Um, and the enduring understanding that we seek um, to reach is that licensure candidates will understand that anti-racist social justice teaching is a dynamic art and science 
grounded in self and relationship, requiring continual learning and improvement. Um, and so our seminar throughout the year um, in some ways follows that enduring understanding. We start with some um, stuff about the science of teaching. Um, we do a lot about teacher identity throughout. Um, so the first assignment that the licensure candidates have is to create a how and why I teach document um, that people do in lots of creative ways. And then at the end of their licensure experience, we reflect back on that to see how that has grown. Um, we start, like I said, with the emphasis of teacher identity, we start with asking people about their experience in schools um, and how that might be similar, different from what our students are experiencing. Um, and then like just basically as an overall flow, so. Um, our licensure candidates are paired with an experienced instructional specialist or teacher, um, and so they co-teach their classes, um, and there's a trajectory over the course of the year where initially they're um, in more of a, a assisting learning role, um, though that doesn't ever mean that they're just an assistant, like they're always teaching from the beginning, um, but much more of a learning role, and then um, more of a co creating role. Um, and then finally, many of them get to design and teach their own courses in their final trimester here. And then in terms of like some of the content, um, I would say there are two main texts that we draw from. Um, so one is how people learn by um, the National Research Council, um, which says there's three key things to know about how people learn. They don't come in as clean slates and they attach, you know, they um, learn based on what they've known in the past. And so teachers need to get an understanding um, that we call accessing prior knowledge, um, that students learn best when they have a large bank of knowledge that they're connecting information to. So we build background knowledge and then students learn best when they are in the driver's seat and reflecting on their learning. And so we use metacognition. Um, so that's one text. And then the other one that we draw from throughout the year is Goldie Muhammad's Cultivating Genius. Um, and she sets four goals um, for education for students, um, identity, skills, intellectualism, and criticality. Um, and so many schools focus just on the skills and intellectualism. Um, and so we try to really bring out the identity development and the criticality, which is an assessment of power and oppression. Now, I'm fascinated that they, so you're, you're building a cohort and what's nice about that idea, first of all, the idea of co-teaching and inviting people into the profession, such a difference um, than the hierarchy that most of us learn um, and then have to unlearn because it's never true. Um, or maybe in some places it is true, unfortunately. Um, I also, um, how do they interact with each other? Um, so do they, is it a cohort model where they're really learning with and from each other and trying to figure it out as they go? Absolutely. Um, it is probably the most intensive cohort model of any teacher prep program because they not only uh, teach together and do seminars together, but they live together on campus. Oh, wow. um, and so they are absolutely learning from each other all the time, both formally and informally. That's amazing. Okay. So that would change everything if you didn't have to do it alone. Um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be sleepless nights. It's, it's a high pressure sort of situation, um, but made better uh, if you can talk it through and be with other people. So um, you're out in Colorado. I have a question for you. Is, is Colorado in your way or supportive? Yeah. Um, so um, Colorado has an awesome system of alternative licensure programs. Um, and so there's I don't know the number, but there's many, many across the state and there's many options for ways for people to access getting their teaching license. Um, so the fact that that exists in Colorado is phenomenal. Um, and then um, we do go through a reauthorization process. Uh, well, we got a 
original authorization and reauthorization process to make sure that we're um, adhering to the standards that are required by the Colorado Department of Education. Um, and then specifically, um, we are charged with organizing our curriculum around teacher quality standards that Colorado has created. Um, and so our licensure candidates final assessment is a portfolio where they're demonstrating competencies in each of those teacher quality standards. I'm also interested to know, um, so you have this mission of outreach, right? Um, the students are actually have a mission of outreach, how to do school differently. Um, with this teacher prep program, um, is there any effort to, you know, do you just stand as the example? Um, have you reached out to other teacher prep programs? What could other people learn from you um, if they're in a teacher prep program now or they're designing a teacher preparation program? Um, what can be learned from Eagle Rock's model? Mm -hmm. I would say like some of the core things that I would hope other teacher preparation programs could take from us um, is the emphasis on the teacher identity um, that if we uh, don't examine who we are, our biases and perceptions um, when entering the classroom, then we perpetuate a lot of harm. Um, and for teachers to be clear about who they are and what they stand for is really important. Um, so we have a big emphasis on that. Um, I think uh, the fact that it's experiential is critical. Um, and I do know that student teaching, I mean, it's one of the more experiential aspects of higher ed in general. Um, and I think a lot of teacher prep programs have the student teaching pretty separate from their other coursework. Um, and so having it be um, a focus for reflection in seminars, I think is really, really important. Um, and, and we have some of the like richest conversations in licensure about all these philosophical and theoretical ideas about education, what it should be and what it shouldn't be. Um, and then I think the other thing, um, that Eagle Rock does in general, um, and so therefore is in our teacher prep program, um, is center students. Um, and so we ask the licensure candidates to get feedback from students all the time. Um, and I'd say specifically a couple of weeks ago, they had an assignment to um, evaluate power and oppression in in their classrooms and they could do it whatever way they wanted. Um, and every single one of them chose to do it in some way that included student input. So some just had a conversation in their class about where parent and oppression are showing up in their class. Some did some survey work. Um, they did some observational data as well, um, but centering student voice um, and feedback um, is one of the things that I think is really important. I would add too, Sarah, that um, a really important aspect of the fellowship program here is around relationships. The relationship the fellow develops with their, um, I guess in, in traditional teacher speak, they're like a mentor teacher. You're, we would call your, your instructional specialist, you know, supervisor. Um, that relationship and learning from that experienced individual and then being supported by um, members of the professional development center or other staff members here is really critical to growth and really critical to um, helping the young professionals feel like they're supported in doing what they're trying to do. You know, we're, uh, we're a place that's asking young teachers to do things that may be out of their comfort zone um, or pushing past what they've experienced previously as a student. And that gets really messy and that can be scary. And so we talk a lot about Eagle Rock or we talk a lot at Eagle Rock about how it requires great risk to be here as a student, as a staff member, as a fellow. And, um, and because of that, those relationships are just really critical to, to make sure that young professionals are feeling supported and nurtured in their, in their work and their path. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have, um, that made me think of something that I wanted to add on. So after I was a summer intern here, um, which, you know, wasn't like the formal licensure program, but it was where I was learning um, how to teach. Um, I had a really 
um, really pivotal experience where I knew a student super, super well, had a really good relationship with them outside of class. And then um, in the second half of my internship, they came into my class and they showed up as an entirely different student than I had known. Um, and that was a really powerful example for me of how students um, relate to classroom um, experiences and how much they're carrying their past with me, with them. Had I only known him in the classroom, um, I wouldn't have known the way to reach him because I wouldn't have known who he was as a full human being. Um, and so I think that's not something we explicitly teach in the teacher prep in their licensure program. Um, but I think it is one of the most powerful things that our licensure candidates walk away with is that you have to understand who your students are, not just who they are as the student in your classroom, but who they are as full human beings. Sarah, one thing I keep hearing you bring up is the idea of experiential learning, bringing it up in the context of the school and then bringing it up in context of the teacher prep program. I just wanted you to take a moment and explain a little bit more about what experiential learning means to you, because that's becoming a bit of a buzzword that people are using around. I've noticed it recently. Um, but they're not really doing it. They're saying they're doing experiential learning, um, but that I don't think is what you're describing or defining. So if you can give us a couple key features that you think uh, resonate most with experiential learning um, so I understand and we can be on sort of a, the same uh, talking path. Yeah, thanks so much for that question. It's really important. And I do agree that some people think that like, if you do a hands-on activity, you're doing experiential learning, that is not the case. Um, and so um, I, I would say that the most critical elements of experiential learning is that you're doing something that's real, um, that's open-ended um, and can have um, a lot of different outcomes based on choices that you make. And then you pull back and reflect on it um, distill some of the learning and questions that you have, and then it becomes a cycle. So if you say like, I think I've learned this thing, but I'm wondering about this, you try to apply the thing I, you learned and continue to inquire about the question that you have. Um, so it's a, a super quick overview, but um, that's what I'd say. And, and that it happens throughout Eagle Rock. Um, our students start um, their careers with us on a 23-day wilderness trip. Um, and you learn how to tie the knots for a tarp um, when it's raining and you need to. Um, and that's part of experiential learning is there's like a need <laughs> to learn. Um, and it, it's true for our presentations of learning that students do at the end of every trimester. They do a presentation at the end of trimester. We don't do a public speaking class but our students graduate as some of the best public speakers in the country because they have a real experience of need. That's a great example. Thanks for bringing up a couple of those things, such as reflection, um, needing to do something, putting someone in a real world uh, situation and having them sort of figure it out as they go. And it goes much deeper and beyond uh, a project-based activity or even a walk around the neighborhood. So thanks for, for bringing that up uh, for us and sharing those examples. Uh, your teacher prep program, you know, right now we're in a very interesting time with teachers across the country. Many teachers are leaving and not as many teachers are going into the program. So as we face this massive teacher shortage, which we're already seeing now, and I can you know, assume it's going to get worse in the coming years, uh, how do you think Eagle Rock's work can inform is issues such as retention, burnout, balance, empowerment, um, anything that you're thinking about in terms of that as we face this teacher burnout and not enough teachers coming into the profession? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so um, I would say, I mean, one of the things that we do is we're a pipeline um, for incoming teachers who may not have otherwise entered the profession because they didn't want to do a traditional program, for example, or they didn't see themselves reflected in teaching. Um, and, and I acknowledge that the number of teachers that get their licenses from us each year is a very small drop in the bucket. <laughs> um, and um, I think that there are lots and lots of reasons that teachers are 
leaving the profession. So I'm not going to say that this is the only one, but I think one very important one is a lack of respect for the expertise um, and autonomy that teachers should have. Um, and so I think one of the things that Eagle Rock does is that we practice on campus that our um, Teachers and other staff, our learners um, are reflecting and that makes the job more fulfilling. Um, And then we connect with other educators to help them um, do some critical collaborative reflection um, that I believe is an important thing about keeping people in the profession, um, that it stays stimulating, that it is honoring people's expertise um, and allows people to be continual learners. Um, Sarah, this has been a really insightful conversation. And listeners, I hope you've gotten a little bit of a snapshot into um, the teacher fellowship program here at Eagle Rock and Sarah's work and the you know philosophies that underpin um, the efforts that are happening here to try to impact education and impact uh, teacher preparation in general. Sarah, every episode, we take a little bit of time to reflect on our conversation and ask ourselves, what is this conversation making me rethink about education? And we would love for you to reflect along with us, but we'll just go around and see what people have to say. And then if you want to add something in, we would love that. Um, Matt, what's on what's on your mind as a result of this conversation? Yeah, I love the idea of the process of education and that we sort of don't have it figured out at the beginning. We don't have it figured out at the middle and we don't have it figured out at the end, but there's a process that we're learning and we're trying to get a better understanding as we still don't have it figured out. And I also love that model paired within a school with a professional development center because we have this learning going on here and its application over here and the interconnectedness of the two. But then there's a humility as both of those things are going on that we're learning a lot and we're growing and all of this and these are great insights, um, but we don't have everything figured out. So I love that combination, but there's this I don't have it figured out, but there's this drive to move forward. Sometimes there's this, I don't have it figured out. And then it turns to apathy or I'm just not going to do anything, but I don't hear that from Sarah um, or from the work at Eagle Rock. Um, So it's making me think about that as a really healthy and nurturing process uh, within schools and within education as a whole. Thanks, Matt. Janine, what's What's on your mind? Uh, well, I love everything that Sarah had to share. I'm, I'm super jealous, actually. Uh, <laughs> you got, you've got everything going on that uh, Julie and I would probably both agree that, you know, that's, that's something that we want to strive for, bring here, you know, and it makes me wonder, like, why, well, where's the other prep programs? Where are these others? Why are other schools doing this? You know, um, what is, what are the, the roadblocks? What are, what are the things that are preventing this sort of model from actually happening. Is it ever going to be possible in PA? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure. I, I hope so. You give me a lot of hope is, uh, you know, from this conversation is that, uh, that maybe maybe there is a way and that if we can continue to connect and, and share our expertises that maybe we can figure this out together. Thanks, Sarah. Julie, what's on your mind? I just think it's remarkable that the mission of Eagle Rock uh, permeates through all facets. I'm I'm intrigued by how much time and energy and care has been spent on making sure that you know students are invited to the table, um, that they have an authentic seat at the table, um, not just input or um, and and even with uh, you know this idea of inviting people into the profession um, and realizing that everyone has value from the get go. Um, that you don't find that every place. Um, and so when you think about everything that I've heard from about Eagle Rock uh, from Mike from a long time, <laughs> for a long time now we've heard about Eagle Rock, uh, but this is really cemented in my mind that um, such care was um, placed in this idea of mission um, with the outreach just really living a, in an authentic way and how you approach the day-to-day of teaching, which it can be um, really exciting it can also, we can get mired in the day-to-day and it seems like that would never happen at Eagle Rock because this kind of continual cycle of, of learning and experiencing, and there's always something new to learn. Um, and that is how you approach the teacher preparation program as well. Um, so I would imagine um, if all teachers felt you know, that empowered, 
um, they would stay. <laughs> so I do think you're onto something. <laughs> if they had that authentic experience and came to it as a learner and at a place where they felt supported, you know, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I um, I definitely agree with you, Julie, and agree with Matt and Janine, your reflections. And I would just add that one thing I love about um, the fellowship program at Eagle Rock is its emphasis on identity. Who am I as a teacher? How am I showing up in the classroom every day? What choices am I making? Um, what voices am I bringing into the classroom with me? You know, what are my relationships like with my students? All of that work is really, really, really important. And I once had a conversation with a teacher. This is probably like 12 years ago. And they were teaching this book. And I was like, just curious. I said, why, why did you select this book to teach? Um, and they said, what do you mean? Why did I select this book? And I said, well, you could have chosen one of hundreds of books, you know, there's, there's unlimited options really. Um, and you selected this one, but what's the reason? And they were like, I don't really know. Why, why are you asking me that question? And it, it was one moment that I remember in my um, teaching career where I was like, I wonder how much time this person has thought has spent thinking about their why, you know, and, and who they are and what voices they're bringing into their classrooms. And it wasn't a knock on that person. They were a terrific teacher, really. And I just don't know that a lot of um, teacher preparation spaces or schools offer time and space for professionals to reflect in that way. And it's one thing that I think, if I wasn't clear about that, I don't know if I would still be a teacher right now. You know, my driving why is really what keeps me in education, especially these days when education is kind of a hot mess um, and getting a lot of pressure from a lot of different points, right? And so if I wasn't clear about that why, I'm not so sure what would have happened. And I wish that other programs and other places and other spaces would take time to allow teachers to reflect on, why am I here? What am I doing here? What am I... Um, and, and what does that mean for my practice as a teacher on a day-to-day -day basis? Sarah, do you have any reflections that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I'd, I'd say the key thing um, as I'm reflecting, and I appreciate all the things that everyone shared about um, how great it sounds here, and it is great. I've worked in a lot of schools, and this is my favorite one. Um, and um, it takes a different kind of... Uh, vulnerability, commitment, um, ability to manage ambiguity, um, to be in the work of authentic relationship and community. Um, and so uh, another thing that's true about Eagle Rock and all of our licensure candidates is that they stay up late at night with students who are in crisis. Um, and they understand that those dynamics come into their classroom. Um, and so, uh, it's not what everybody wants in teaching. Like some people want to be able to deliver a pretty clear lesson plan. Um, and yet I think um, it's really valuable, um, but it's not easy. Um, we have a bunch of human beings on this little campus that come from all different backgrounds and have all different histories and traumas and passions and dreams. And we bump up against each other. And that's what community is. Yeah, I love it. It is so important to point out that the you know, um, quasi-utopic version of what we're presenting here in this podcast at the end of the day also is super messy and challenging and um, and isn't the right place for everybody, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Sarah, you know, some folks want to get into teaching and then, you know, leave and go home and, and um, be done with their job for the day. And that doesn't really happen so easily here. Um, and uh, that's okay. I want to make sure we point that out too, you know, that there are um, different places for different people. Um, teachers often find their home at a place um, that doesn't look anything like Eagle Rock and that's totally fine. Uh, and I would, I would in fact encourage that you know, find the right place for you that speaks to who you are and who you're, who you would like to be as a teacher in, uh, in an education community. Sarah, this has been a great conversation. 
we end our conversation with an opportunity for people to plug some things. And I know uh, Matt and Julie have brought some plugs. So let's get on with it. Matt, what you plug in tonight? Yeah, whatschoolcouldbe.org. It's a great site, has a a wonderful movie, a book, and it has a network as well that you can uh, join and then collaborate with other like-minded people that are trying to rethink uh, schooling. And it's put together by Ted Dinnersmith. So really excited about that. I've heard of that before, Matt. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Julie, what do you want to plug? Yeah, I remember, Matt. Awesome, awesome uh, plug. Um, I'm going to plug a conference, uh, Teacher Powered Schools. If you, uh, we'll, we'll put, drop it in the show notes there. But um, Teacher Powered Schools is having a conference in Minneapolis in the fall. Um, I'm really excited about the theme. I'm really excited about some of this conversation, uh, including teacher preparation programs, uh, including authentic learning and student-driven, student-centered learning. Um, all of those conversations happening at the Teacher Powered School Conference. So, I am going. Awesome. (laughs) Yes, everybody should join. Check it out. Um, I am going to plug the Open Way Learning Network. Really cool group of guys uh, that are the founders, Ben Owens and Adam Hagler. We plugged their book in the past, but I want to plug something that's happening right now with them. They're hosting a monthly, what they call owl uh, coffee conversations. And you can join for free, um, sign yourself up, and they meet um, each month. And Ben and Adam facilitate a really terrific uh, little gathering over Zoom. And um, it's really fun. Uh, You get to meet some like-minded people and interesting people and uh, just connect with with folks. Um, So yeah, check it out. You can head on over to openwaylearning.org. We'll drop that link in the show notes. Sarah? Share with us your plugs. Sure. Um, There's so many, um, but I'm going to pick Cultivating Genius by Dr. Goldie Muhammad because I mentioned it earlier as one of our key texts. Um, Dr. Muhammad um, bases her recommendation in a historical study of Black literary societies um, and has a framework that helps teachers to think about what they should focus on with teachers, uh, with students, sorry. Um, and I named earlier that she says that it should be identity, skills, intellectualism, and criticality. Awesome. And I think I've uh, plugged Dr. Muhammad's book on a previous podcast, but hey, listen, the more plugs, the merrier for that book because it's awesome. And Dr. Muhammad's work is really inspiring. Sarah Bertucci, it's been a pleasure having you on our podcast. We've loved learning about Eagle Rock School and Professional Development Center, your role there, and the teacher licensure program. Listeners, we appreciate you making it all the way to the end of the episode. And if you are super pumped about this episode, you can go on over to patreon.com slash rethinking edu support our podcast at three dollars a month and you can get yourself some access to the think tank which is our behind the scenes conversation um, that we usually follow up with every episode listeners thanks for joining us co-hosts it's always a pleasure and thanks sarah and as always keep rethinking edu thanks